got to keep moving because um, like sport in this country, it just does not stop. And the next main event is on this weekend. Starts tomorrow for practice and goes right through until Sunday's main race. And that is the Grand Prix. The Formula One is back in Melbourne for the first time in two years. I can remember back two years ago. Do you remember when it was called off and how big oh. of... It was the first thing that they cancelled in this before COVID. And then it was just... It just went on. It was amazing. Just went downhill from there. <laughs> it certainly did, yes. And to talk to us more about it is, well, superstar in the world of motorsport. He knows uh, it all. Knows it all. We were at the Monster Trucks on Sunday yep. and we saw him star, but he's going to be starring again uh, on Sunday with the Formula Ones. And that's Greg Russ. G'day, Rusty. Jack and Walls, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, now, are we all excited for this weekend? First time in two years. Massively. So last weekend it was about your kids, and this weekend you could argue it's for the big kids and all kids. It's for everyone, so to speak. So um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the monster trucks, and can I say to you that it, you know, in 20 years of doing stuff in the business, you you you'd never stop learning. That was the first time I'd, I'd done that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, anyway, we we switch to Formula One this week, and the energy around this. I mean, you you boys in the introduction talked about. Uh, the reality of COVID kicking in. I was there for that massive press conference near the the gates to the Formula One paddock. It was the biggest press conference I'd ever been to, and it was that moment of reality when I realised this was a really, really serious thing two years ago. So I've just spent today, um, you know, getting ready for the weekend and walking around Albert Park and talking to various people and the energy in the place, aside of the fact that it's you know, so well sold out on, on many of the days and, um, you know, the, the impact of Drive to Survive is being felt everywhere. But, but just the fact that we are back, guys, that there's just a wonderful energy in the place and, and uh, people are, are excited and, and grateful and all of those things rolled into one. And Rusty, it was here. It's, it's, well, partly your job to sort of sell that energy, but uh, motorsport in Australia and, and motorsport commentary do it probably the best that I've seen in the world. The information they get across, the knowledge and the inside word on the cars and everything like that. What's your preparation been like sort of this week or leading up? Uh, well, as you sort of end up um, immersed in it, it becomes your, your life. I'm very fortunate to have worked on different categories over over time and whether it be contact with, you know, colleagues in the game or, um, you know, working on various stories or broadcasts and things. So you, uh, because you're around it uh, regularly, it becomes a, a constant in your life. So, yeah, there's been, been a lot of prep during the week, um, working through today with some of the other commentators and bits and pieces that, you know, um, and my, my hats are many and varied this weekend. So, you know, even from uh, working on the television within the precinct for the for the people, the patrons at the venue, to doing some stuff with Formula One television with their post-qualifying and post-race shows, which I'm really excited about. So, um, you know, in a, in a global sense, uh, what Formula One make and uh, technically what they bring to the table to do that, to then feed to a a Network 10 or a Fox or whoever it might be, I mean, is absolutely uh, world-class and constantly evolving. They're always looking at new uh, graphics to tell the story for the for the viewer or onboard angles or whatever it might be. And probably the biggest thing we can look forward to this weekend, you know, is significant changes to the track, more passing opportunities. It's going to be... The, the laps will be very fast around Albert Park this weekend for both supercars and for Formula One. Can you run us through those changes for people that might not know? 
It's probably the best thing to do because I'll take up all of your radio shows. You can actually find <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll go get a coffee. <laughs> uh, you can find them easily on YouTube. Um, uh, Mark Scaife has done an amazing job um, working with uh, various people. Probably the best thing I can say is they have kept the essence of, of Albert Park that we know and love, uh, but opened some areas up and made it uh, faster and, as I say, created um, more passing opportunities. The proof will be, or the test will be, obviously, when the Formula One cars hit the track on, on Friday and supercars get the chance to, to taste those changes tomorrow when they, uh, they're they on, on track for their practice and so on. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that it's a nice balance, boys, that we... The Albert Park you know and love is still very much, uh, very much there. But, but despite COVID, despite all the, the challenges, they didn't sit still. They they looked at ways to enhance the spectacle, and I'm really looking forward to see uh, you know what it delivers. And with with Formula Ones, just for our people of sort of listening in, the percentage of say driver skilled to the vehicle that they're given, how would you rate that? Because we know some really special drivers of perhaps driving slower cars and. And making them go quick. I mean, what's the percentage? Do you do you feel? I, I think you can't underestimate uh, each side of that equation. Um, possibly depends on the car. You know, I mean, uh, depending upon Formula One allows uh, you know each of the of the constructors to go and build something. Yes, to a set of regulations, but but. Uh, instead of it being a cookie cutter formula, uh, so to speak, you know, people interpret things um, in their own way and try and find advantage through that. So, um, you know, in a perfect world, it's 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 fifty fifty, um, but you can get absolutely scenarios where a car is not quite there uh, or a bit underdone, and a, and a a special or a very good driver can absolutely make a difference in those moments. Um, and possibly vice versa, that, that, that a driver that perhaps isn't necessarily special per se, but is a very, very good driver, and he's got to be the best in the world, really, to make it to Formula One. But but when you've got the right uh, car underneath you, the way that that can inspire confidence and, and um, uh, be a factor is, is uh, you, know, you, you, you cannot uh, underestimate that um, enough. But I'm not a believer, the boys, to, you know, to the point of question. I'm not a believer that it's all car and that, that you don't need skill. I mean, these are absolutely uh, high-end athletes whose level of fitness is is up there with uh, AFL players and triathletes and so on. I mean, it's an immensely draining thing sitting sitting in that car physically in terms of the G-forces and and uh, just what it drains from you in a um, in a in a sweat or body weight sense during a Grand Prix or even in a in a supercar. You do. Absolutely, uh, in order to maintain that concentration for the 90 minutes to two hours of a Grand Prix, you have to be very, very fit. Do we? Can we see one of our uh, sort of supercar drivers, even maybe McLaughlin, who's already gone and switched? Can we see one of them eventually heading down the F1 path? It's a very different formula. Um, what Scott's doing is incredibly unique. I mean, to step out of a tin top car and, and uh, spend a year acclimatising with IndyCar and I mean he is absolutely away there now in America, they, they realise they've got something uh, very special you know he finished second on the Oval in Texas last time out, he won the opening round of the championship and his rivals I think realise um, that he's 100% arrived but, but can't sort of express enough how difficult that switch is to go from a, a touring car, a, a car with a, a roof on it mm to an open wheel is, is very, very different. A lot of the, the, I mean, Oscar Piastri is our next star waiting in the wings and he is highly, highly rated, guys. What he's done on the path 
uh, to Formula One is seriously impressive. He's now the reserve driver at Alpine, um, and we can't wait to see him actually make his proper uh, GP race debut at, at some point. Um, lots of people in the paddock um, rate this youngster highly, but he made, and, and the family made, the, the very difficult uh, but the very smart move to uh, leave our country some time ago to set themselves up in Europe, uh, where you're against the best drivers in the world, and uh, do the hard yards coming through some of that junior formula. And let me tell you, he has absolutely wowed them. So I, I can't wait to see him in a in a Formula One car at some stage. But uh, to your point, you, you you do need to commit to that um, that open wheel European path, more or less, to ultimately end up in Formula One. Now, I saw one other switch just recently and uh, one of the biggest names in uh, racing altogether, Sebastian Loeb, who's one of the greatest rally drivers ever. He's just switched again. Uh, can he uh, be successful in, in, in that car? Because, I mean, I rate him as probably the best driver that, of a car that's ever been. Rally drivers generally, uh, yeah. was, to, to your point, I mean, they're, they're just so... Uh, diverse generally. I mean, you can go back through history and look at Colin Bond and what he did in the Australian Rally Championship and then to be successful at places like Bathurst and in the Australian Touring Car Championship. So, um, you know, whatever he is now in his 40s and he's done some some world championship rallying again this year and to to watch him uh, in that car, um, it's, it's like he's still got that same um, uh, edge or, or um, you know, of a driver 20 years his junior. It's just massively impressive. And he's not afraid to go off, as you say, and tackle other challenges like Dakar and so on. So to, to see him now um, committing to a, a new circuit racing um, challenge, uh, I would not be surprised at all if he's there or thereabouts as the year goes on. It, it May not be the kind of thing where he's winning every every race, but but he he could most definitely challenge for a podium as the year uh, you know as the year goes on, and more than one podium in my opinion. Now we had Mark Howard on just before you, and he's uh, hoping he is. He, yes, he actually said uh, he goes. Uh, he sent me a message just before while we're on. Uh, he says, "Tell Rusty on air." I said he's the most professional broadcaster I've ever worked with. And there he's, you. A, he's a true champion, and and. Uh, I, during my time at Network 10 and, and beyond when we've done stuff together for, you know, Triple M or podcasting or whatever, I mean, he's just a, a terrific communicator and a great all-round human being. What you see on air is what you get off air. He's just a good bloke. And that's, I mean, that's what us average punters, what we want is the way you go about it, the way how he goes about it. We want that insight. We want that sort of the person insight. But he, he, he said about uh, looking forward to maybe Hamilton getting up there this week. Who's your tip or who would you like to see up there, apart from Ricardo, obviously? He got to spend a bit of time with, with Lewis in recent years for a short cast of, of his Howie Games, which was um, terrific. I mean, a very, very special athlete, Lewis Hamilton. Um, their car probably in the opening rounds hasn't um, been there, but but people believe it's got potential that they're, they're gradually unlocking it. I mean, you don't get to win all those constructors' championships and all those drivers' championships without having a very... Uh, savvy, very clever group of people um, behind the scenes. So far, it's been um, Ferrari really on a consistent basis, and then and certainly Red Bull's been there. They've had their moments, but they've you know there's been a winner piece between Charles Leclerc and and uh, and Max Verstappen so far in this championship. But Lewis got a podium uh, when he wasn't expected to at one point. Um, different venue. We've come from the, the hot and uh, and you know very warm temperatures of the Middle East, something a little bit. 
uh, cooler here. There's been some changes to the Albert Park circuit. They've had a little bit more time to um, to potentially improve that car. I don't know that it'll be quite perfect this weekend, but we might see glimpses of, of the great potential that it's got. So I, I still feel like um, Ferrari might be the outfit to beat. They'll play that down and say Red Bull will be strong. Um, the great thing is, guys, I, I, I genuinely feel... Um, for the sellout crowd we've got Saturday and Sunday, I mean, it's just going to be huge that they are going to get some great battles on their hands. This, oh, I think, will be a very memorable edition of the Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park. Oh, awesome. There you go. Well, we're all very excited. Hey, mate, we've got to move on, unfortunately. We would, I'd love to hear uh, you talk about this uh, forever and a day, but uh, we've unfortunately got to move on. But thank you, uh, Thanks, Greg, Ross. for uh, your time uh, this afternoon, mate. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, boys. Take care. You Thanks, too. Mate. There we go. Greg Rust, um, a broadcaster for the Formula Ones this weekend. Huge and massive into his cars. And he's just, as you heard just there, just brings the enthusiasm.